welcome to the March episode in our series of monthly podcasts from St John's in Harpenden. I'm Ian Pritchard. And I'm Reverend Tim, the Vicar of St John's. Excellent. So, Tim, as usual, we're going to be having a look at the news, but um, we're in Lent at the moment, aren't we? And I just wonder whether there's anything in any of the headlines that's caught your eye, particularly for Christians. So we're in the season of Lent, that's right, Ian. Lent is a period of 40 days uh, where Christians engage in fasting, in prayer and in giving. Uh, it starts on Ash Wednesday, which this year was the 22nd of February. And we do that because we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. Because Jesus, when he started his ministry, we hear this in the Bible, he was sent off into the wilderness to be tempted and tested by uh, demons. And what that made me think of, Jesus is the leader who we follow. He's the reason we are Christians in the first place. And in our news recently, we've had a lot about leaders. And particularly uh, leaders, uh, two in particular, Nicola Sturgeon, who has resigned, and also uh, Jacinta Hearn, who is the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who resigned. And it made me think of leadership, and particularly the difficulties of being a leader. Uh, you're, forced, you're giving a vision to people to follow, but actually the stresses and strains of being a leader aren't often always visible. And clearly for those two women and doubtless many others, uh, both uh, in the political sphere, other forms of leadership within industry and also in the church, leadership can be very damaging and difficult. Um, yeah, so that's maybe that's the temptation there. The yes, of it. and, and, and it, it is common between Nicola Sturgeon and Jacinda Ahern that they both said that the reason that they wanted to step away was because they just didn't have the energy mm. Uh, mm. anymore. They didn't have um, whatever they felt they needed in order to meet the challenges. And we know from the Bible that uh, Christ was presented with uh, that question as mm. well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe for our listeners, you might uh, have a favourite leader, someone who you really look up to and admire, who has really inspired you. I mean, the one that, name that comes off the top of my head is Nelson Mandela. You read his story, um, but obviously part of that is great struggle and difficulty. He spent all that time in jail, and yet he became uh, the symbol of a united and a diverse Africa, or South Africa. So maybe you have your favourite leader, but I guess it's making us realise maybe that with power, because leaders do have power to change and control, there also comes responsibility, but also great personal costs and I guess perhaps it makes me think how much do we I mean Jesus for example Christians we believe he was God so although we know he cried tears of blood that it was that's what he went through he was God that was his purpose to come down and do that for us but actually people who lead us today are politicians and other leaders they're not God they're human and how do we help and support them in the challenges of leadership yeah how do we how do we um walk alongside them you know to support them so they don't fall out they don't get broken yeah yeah gosh well that's something to think about as we um go through lent and so i'm wondering as well tim whether there's anything else that's caught your eye um as 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 we as we observe the lenten period well so this is a very tenuous lenten link um so one of the things that christians do is they give up uh, i'm giving up uh, chocolate for Lent. Are you? Well done. I'm giving well up, done. yes. Although uh, Jem did say I shouldn't give up dairy milk because that was his favourite chocolate. <laughs> so I'm happy to go along with that. But anyway, giving up. 
because giving things up is good for us. We see once we give up some things which perhaps like food or things that are too prominent in our lives, we take those away and we see everything else and perhaps we might see God in our lives more clearly. And I was uh, thinking of that and I saw uh, an article about Bardsey Island which has just become uh, the first dark skies, uh, or it's the International Dark Skies Sanctuary. So wh- where's, where's, where's that in Bardsey Island? So Bardsey Island? Island is in North Wales. Okay. If you know where Snowdonia and Anglesey is, it's sort of I in don't that know sort where of corner there. Is in Wales, yeah. actually, I'm ashamed to say, but um, uh, yeah. Uh, I won't say the Welsh name, but it does have a Welsh name. And they've just been awarded uh, one of 16 places across the world that has been awarded International Dark Sky Sanctuary Certification. Okay, so what, what's a Dark Sky Certification? Um, so these are places where, uh, if you think about when we live in all our street lights and light that we give off as human beings, if you look mm. in the sky tonight, if it was a nice clear night, you might not see all the stars, you might see a lot of natural light or light from street lights, particularly if you live in London. If you go to some parts of the world, um, like Bardsey Island, at night, there is very little light pollution, and therefore you get to see the wonder of the heavens. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, uh, Ian, where you've been somewhere, probably somewhere not in this country, and where there isn't much nat- uh, street lighting, and you've looked up at the sky on a clear night and seen all the stars in the yeah, sky. Yeah, I, I have, and and it's just unbelievable how many there are. I mean, in in this country, and particularly in Harpenden, um, you go out at night and you can see one or two if you're lucky and maybe Orion or something is up there and that stands out but mm. actually as you say if you go somewhere where there isn't the light pollution you just see millions of these things yeah and I remember once when I was on a Duke of Edinburgh expedition in the Czech Republic somewhere called the Beskidi Mountains and I remember seeing a night sky and seeing the Milky Way and being absolutely in awe of how wonderful it was yeah now Bardsey Island, this place that has been awarded this dark sky sanctuary, very rare. Um, now, I don't think it's a surprise, but actually, it's the island, it's known as the Island of 20,000 Saints, due Is to it? the Celtic and Christian missionaries established there since the 6th century. So, it's not just a place of dark skies, but it's a space to encounter, and it's, it's a place of great spirituality as well. So, so 20,000, there aren't really 20,000 saints in, no. in total, are there? No. I mean, you're talking about the population of the island. Yeah, not that there were 20,000 people there, but the people, it's a holy place, basically, okay. a holy island. Okay. And it is, and that's the paradox of Lent, is that, like the dark skies, we give up things, hopefully through giving up we actually see the world more in all its glory see all of the wonder around us more clearly because normally things we give up are things which we sort of uh, you know I eat chocolate when I'm sort of stressed or feeling anxious about something so I don't deal with those emotions or I don't sort of go and get the help I need um, or perhaps I don't see the world in the same way because I'm you know I'm, fe- I'm eating um, whereas if I give that up and then I think about God and I notice more what's around me and when you notice more you see all these wonderful things and there's a parallel there between the dark skies and that part of being a Christian in Lent. Yeah, I think that's lovely, Tim. I think that really is lovely. Uh, gosh, OK, well, so um, dark skies. Uh, what what else has um, been on your mind? Well, one of the things about Lent is that many people, uh, even within the church, see it as a very, and it is a sombre, you know, there's no flowers in church, or minimal. we have minimal decorations, the music is not very joyful because it's a time of pr- penitence and repentance. But it's also known as like the springtime of our faith. So if you think of winter, not much is growing, the leaves aren't on the trees, but actually all the growth is happening below ground. Um, it's all the, all the shoots are growing, we can't see them, and we only see them come up in spring, 
but all that growth and activity has been happening underneath out of sight okay um, that's a lovely image by the way um, i think oh thank you and i think uh lent and particularly at the end of lent we have holy week and easter is actually a time should be a time of great transformation and real joy at the end of it through the hard work that we do and so i saw this article it's about cambridge university's jason arde who becomes the youngest black professor uh, at Cambridge University. Now, the thing that's amazing about him is that Jason was diagnosed with autism and global development delay in his early years. He was unable to speak until he was 11 years old and could not read or write until he was 18. Now, aged 37, he is the youngest uh, professor at Cambridge University ever. Um, now, I think, doesn't that story just speak to you of sort of like, sometimes, you know, people can, if they have diagnosis, whether it's autism or something like that, but they can have all kinds of developmental diagnosis that maybe might think your life isn't going to, doesn't have the potential to achieve what you could achieve. As a society, we might, they might be feel they're limited. And yet this goes to show, um, isn't that an amazing story of what is possible, what can happen? And I think that's the story of transformation and joy, which is what we're preparing for at Lent, for when that Easter day, we see it in real life. And very rarely do we see stories like that so clear in the, noise, in the news, because let's face it, the news tends to report all the tragedies, all the horrible things that go on, because they're the things which uh, grab people's attention. And they very rarely report all the good news. Um, so that's really struck me, and I would suggest if you can find it, uh, read, about, um, read about Jason Arde and his story. Gosh, I think that is a lovely story. And, and, and those uh, two topics that we've just been discussing there, Tim, I think they do tie together the idea that Lent is a time when you can clear stuff away uh, in order to be able to see more clearly and see more clearly at the end of Lent as well, perhaps. And also the idea that uh, actually underneath the surface and inside us all, uh, is is huge potential uh, sometimes waiting just to just just to spring out and maybe we need to use this time just to make sure that we don't waste Easter is is what I'm thinking because Easter is an opportunity for all of that uh, to come good suddenly mm. and mm. Uh, if uh, I mean as you say Lent is a uh, can can be a bit of a an off-putting time for some people if they think, well, we're going to have to give up alcohol, we're going to have to, I don't know, um, give up playing Sudoku or whatever it is that mm. we might want mm. to uh, to do out of duty in Lent. But actually, what what, what I think um, we're saying here is that it's a, an opportunity to enable something really fabulous uh, to come out at the end. Yeah, and I think part of that is about <coughs> noticing or seeing things differently. So just to give a really good example, at St John's we're doing uh, Les Mis. You might not believe this, but you can do Les Mis as a Lent course. Do, oh, okay. So, no, so there's just people singing Les Mis? No, no, no. no. Yeah. So not unless you want to, Ian. But no, we're listening to, we've watched the film, we're listening to tracks. And there was we showed the video a few times in church and someone said, you know, I've seen this film, I've been to the musical, I've seen this film so many times. But watching it, knowing that there is a Christian story that underpinned it, underpins this, makes me see it completely differently. Is there a Christian story underpinning it? There is this, but we're not going to get into that now. Oh, not? Oh, okay, sure. Um, but just to say that if you look at a lot of the news, and sometimes we look at it from a sort of political or an ideological perspective, but if you try and look at it from a sort of Christian perspective, all of a sudden you sort of start to see a different angle coming through 
through some of the stories that we see or asks us different questions. So, for example, what do we see at the strikes? You know, people looking to have what does what does it mean to have the right to have a fair pay or a fair uh, good wage at work or to make sure you work safety? But how do we pay for that? Another article about robot robots were doing thirty nine percent of our home tasks by twenty thirty three. People might say, "Great, if you have to do the hoovering, that's great. You know, this can all be automated." But what does it mean for like robots doing more things and human autonomy? And what is the what's our sort of meaning and purpose in life? You know, they can all ask deeper questions if you care to spend the time with them and ask them. Yeah, yeah. So. Gosh, Tim, well, there's loads to think about there for uh, uh, for the rest of what um, re- remains of Lent. But I, th- I think um, the, the running theme there through those three uh, an- anecdotes that, that we were going through there, the, the idea of leadership and uh, stepping aside and then the dark sky, and the opportunity to see more, actually, uh, as a result of switching something else off, mm. and the potential that comes through. All, all of that, I think, speaks to a really hopeful period uh, all the way through Lent up to Easter. So that, that's been great, Tim. Thanks Absolutely very much. Thanks for Okay, well, if people want to pick up any of these issues, as usual, they can get in touch, can't they? How, yeah. how do they do that, Tim? Uh, you can either uh, get in contact via my email address, which is vicar at stjohnsharpenden.org.uk or go to our, we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got a website as well, or and you'll find details of how to contact us there. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks very much again, Tim, for today and see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>